Hey all you heroes, hawks, heralds, crows, pirates, and wardens. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we unpack, discuss, and galaxy brain about all the lore behind the Dragon Age series. We are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe, from character deep dives to exalted marches and elven gods. We will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about Dragon Age and its lore. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheecup, and we are super, super excited to be back with a lore episode from our, um, you know, month-long, over a month-long break. Yeah, and so we're coming up with a character deep dive, but before we tell them who's that, I think we have a guest with us, Shelby. We do. Welcome, welcome, Allison. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks for coming on to to talk about this character with us. Absolutely. So, yeah, we are talking about Ogren. Um, He is a character in the fandom that we love to hate, at least a lot of people love to hate. Um, he is definitely an abrasive character is probably an accurate way of framing him. So I always love when we do character deep dives on the characters that people have strong opinions on because we get to have dialogue about it and that's fun. Um, so let's just dive right in. Um, before I get into the fun facts, does anybody have any preliminary thoughts about Ogren as a character? No. Hogren has quite literally left zero impressions on me as a character. I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) I mean, most of the time I get him in the, like, right before we go to the deep roads, as we'll probably talk about. And then he just sits at camp for the rest of the time. Mainly because I typically play a damage per second warrior. And so I have no use for Hogren in my playthroughs mm-hmm. typically. I have a soft spot for Ogren, which I'll probably talk about later, but I I have come to really appreciate him in a way that probably most people don't. Um, but I do understand why most people either have a very neutral or even negative reaction toward him. He's not necessarily a character that was made to be liked. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of phrasing it. Like, he wasn't made to be liked. Um, And I, I mean, I kind of feel like Ogren is a D&D character that's not fully fleshed out. Like, Ogren is what you get when you start session one. Like, he's got the tragic backstory. He's an asshole. Um, And then on his journey, he becomes and he grows and he's great. By the end. And I feel like we don't get the end for Ogren. Um, so, you know, let's let's just dive right into the fun facts. So, um, you know, interestingly enough, Ogren is the first of three, only three characters across all Dragon Age games who are available as a companion in more than one game. So obviously he is available in Origins and Awakening, and then the others include Anders in Awakening and 2 and Varric in 2 and Inquisition. Also, when you go to the Lake Kalanhad docks, there is a chance that you get some potential ambient dialogue in the background where Ogren admits to the party that he cannot swim. Why would he know how to swim? I mean, right. (laughs) He's never been to the surface until he goes with you. So like, yeah, that makes sense to me. It's just funny to me that they wanted to include that. I don't know. Um, But speaking of, uh, Ogren was actually written by three different Bioware writers. um, Jay Turner, Cheryl Chi, and Mary Kirby. 
which we'll talk about Bioware writers <laughs> in the mid break. So just stay tuned for that, everyone. So something that I was thinking about when I got into this research, when we were like getting into the cast system in Orzammar is that Ogren's choice to leave the Deep Roads and join the hero of Ferelden on your quest means that he became a surface dwarf. However, he's not forced to get a face tattoo when he returns to Orzammar. So I just kind of wonder, like, is this a development oversight? Is this a cause of being associated with the hero of Ferelden? Or is this just like everyone in Orzammar doesn't care about Ogren that much that they don't even care about enforcing their like cast rules on him for leaving the deep roads. For me, it comes down to two things. I think most people, and at least in the canon playthrough, because I feel like we would hear about it if it wasn't, the anvil of the void is gone. Which means that probably like most people in most world states, Bronca, she's dead. Who was a paragon. And so I just think that Orzammar, the nobility, the, uh, oh, what's it called? What's their governing little thing called again? The assembly. The assembly are just like, it's enough. Just go. Just, (laughs) it'll be okay. I think they, for me, it's almost like it would not be worth the trouble to even make him get this. It would be so much trouble to try to force him to do this. Let's just, let's just hope that he goes away and doesn't bother us anymore. Yes. <laughs> let's just hope he's not like co- continuing to cause fights in the diamond quarter. Like let's just, <laughs> let's just move on from this. Um, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that too. Um, so Ogren also has a very iconic quote in the form of ass chabs um according to the now defunct bioware social network ogren's ass chabs quote was added as a joke between the writers so this is what it says it said that david gator would quote at least once or twice a week come into their offices groaning about having chair butt which is essentially when your butt goes numb from sitting in your chair too long end quote Someone then coined the name Association of Chair Butt Sufferers. Its abbreviation, Ass Chabs, was then written on their whiteboard. At that time, Jay Turner was writing Ogren, and the word, quote, he said, would be staring at him. So since it sounds like something Ogren would say, he decided to make Ogren actually say it to make sure that S Chabs was never forgotten, end quote. I didn't even know that. It's hilarious. I <laughs> loved that story. It's just like, you know, just those little like hilarious tidbits behind the scenes. I love that. Um, and then my last fun fact is that in The Hanged Man in Dragon Age 2, you can actually find a painting in-game in The Hanged Man of Ogren's concept art. I've put a picture here in the notes, and I'll post it in our Discord and on social media um, for all of you who are listening. But I just thought that was really funny. Like, why did he even ever go to Kirkwall? And why are they celebrating him so much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I can understand there's like the hanged man probably would celebrate someone who like drinks as much as Ogren. Um, So on that level, it makes sense. But any other way I think about it, I'm like, this is absolutely makes no sense. Maybe they had one of those contests where, you know, they if you win the contest, they hang your picture up on the wall. (laughs) He drank so many people under the table, they had to give him a portrait. I mean, I definitely believe that he would win that for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So diving into Ogren's backstory and history a little bit. First and foremost is that we know he was a really well-known member of House Kondrat in Orzammar, um, even going so far as to be talked about as one of the best warriors of his generation. And um, his house, House Kondrat, was part of the warrior caste. But as a family group, they didn't really, like, dominate the warrior caste. They more flew under the radar. Um, And so he wasn't super high ranking, but, like, he was still, you could say, prestigious. 
Um, and he even became pretty, pretty popular as a young adult, especially among women because of his many victories fighting in the provings. Now, the World of Thetis Encyclopedia says this about his fights in the Provings, quote, Agrim was an expert at baiting his opponents into making them counter his moves, only to change maneuvers at the last moment to hit them where they were open. His signature moves and flourishes made him exciting to watch, and he soon earned himself a loyal following of devotees, many of whom were female, end quote. Um, and that comes from page 89, if you want to look it up. But the world of Thetis continues talking and even claiming that Ogren could have had his pick of women. Um, but yet, there was only one woman that he was interested in. At this point, you might think we're talking about Branca. But in reality, the woman that Ogren was interested in was a dwarven woman named Felsi. Felsi and her family were members of the merchant caste. Unfortunately for Ogren, before he could declare any official interest in Felsi, his family had betrothed him to Branca, as that was seen to be an advantageous match for both houses. At this point in time, you know, Branca is just, she's just a regular, ordinary dwarf. Um, so even though Ogren, like, you know, was disappointed and it's probably not what he would have chosen for his life. And even though Branca was an eccentric workaholic, Ogren still felt that their marriage was a happy one, at least in the beginning. However, within a year of their wedding day, Branca was declared a living paragon. And this is when everything kind of goes to hell. Ogren's house, House Kondrat, voted and they basically put made themselves extinct because they all voted and agreed to change their name to House Branca. Um, so House Kondrat doesn't exist anymore. Um, now, normally a dwarven man in Ogren's situation um, would find himself to be a leader in Orzammar. Potentially even holding an office such as one of the Deshers, which is uh, one of the lords in the assembly. For Ogren, though, his and Branca's marriage wasn't doing so hot. There was a lot of stress because of her new role as Paragon and her tendency to work and try to, you know, be the best she could be. Um, but Ogren is pretty resentful of this and he starts drinking heavily. Branca disapproves of the drinking, obviously. And so then she begins sleeping with Ogren's cousin, Hespeth, and essentially convinced their entire house to shun him. To be fair, we don't know if, if Ogren was shunned because Branca encouraged it or because the members saw her disdain for him and chose shunning as a punishment. Um, the text was a little bit ambiguous in that matter, but I hate Bronca, so I choose to believe that she encouraged it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how their marriage falls apart. Um, when we meet them, you know, he's desperately searching for them, for her, but, but you know, we, he tells you that like, we didn't, we didn't split on good terms, essentially. That's why he was left behind. Um, but fast forwarding to that part in 928, as you might remember, Bronca takes the entirety of their house into the deep roads to search for the Anvil of the Void. The entire house travels alongside Bronca with one notable exception, and that, of course, is Ogren. So at this point, he basically becomes a laughing stock of Orzammar because they left him behind. Like, you know, Kevin McAllister at Home Alone, like he's left behind. So at this point, in an attempt to turn his life around, Ogren goes back and he tracks down Felsi from the beginning before he was even married to Branca. And he begins a relationship with her. She soon realizes that he's changed, like he is not the person she first fell in love with. Uh, this is because Ogren continued to be a drunk and made a scene at her father's funeral, after which she promptly dumped him and left for the surface, understandably. Um, after this, Ogren then began drinking even more heavily. 
than he already was, and he spent his time petitioning the assembly to look for Branca in the deep roads. Uh, it was during this time that the youngest son of a Desher named Lord Mano mentioned that it would have been impossible for Branca and her house to have survived for this long in the deep roads. Ogren considered this to be an insult to the Paragon, so he challenged his honor and then killed the man in a first blood duel while he was drunk. Um, He's not making good decisions here. So as a result, Ogren was stripped of his house name and barred from bearing weapons within the city, which is, you know, for him and for a member of the warrior caste is a punishment that's considered to be worse than exile. So um, that's all of Ogren's story up to Dragon Age Origins. That's kind of how he gets to be separated from Bronca. That's how he meets Bronca. All of that is, is how he gets to where he is in Origins. So when we come back from our mid-break, we will talk about his appearances in the games um, and what we think about him. But before we do head to the mid-break, anybody have any thoughts about Ogren's backstory so far? He just, like, gets shit on his whole life. Like, just... No one thinks he'll do anything. He's overshadowed by everyone in his life. I mean, if I was Ogren, I'd probably drink a lot, too. Yeah, he's self-medicating and trying to cope with um, being a joke and not having his his feelings considered about any of the things that have happened to him um, and having a terrible wife and a wife that abandons him, of course he developed a problem. Uh, of course he did, but that's the only thing he knew how to do. Um, and he didn't have any social support. Um, and, you know, I have thoughts that are, you know, for DA, for DAO kind of era stuff, but, you know, it's, it makes sense why he's so close to then the warden because it's like, he needs a family. He needs people to care about him. So, uh, you know, absolutely. He's, he is, just been so mistreated <laughs> by his own society. I was just going to say further proof that 99% of Thetis' problems could be solved by a therapist. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Speaking as a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think you're so right when you say that Ogren doesn't know how to do anything except for fight and drink. Like, He's never been taught how to do anything other than fight and drink. So, of course, that's what he's going to do when he gets into these terrible situations. That's all he knows how to do. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, imagine what his life would be like if he had had someone to come alongside him and, like, teach him what friendship looks like, you know, or or what it looks like to pick yourself back up when you've been knocked down, like, you know, we always say things like failure is one of the biggest motivators in life, but it can't motivate you unless you have seen something to be motivated toward. Like Ogren hasn't. Is there any Dragon Age, let's just stick to DAO, DAO companion that knows how to form relationships in a healthy manner, except for dog? <laughs> I don't think so. I honestly think if any of them, it's probably Alistair, um, which is shocking that I even, that those words just came out of my mouth. Um, but I think re he's remarkably well-adjusted considering the circumstances oh. of his life. Right. Like, you know, sleeping in a kennel and uh, <laughs> right. being raised by dogs. <laughs> he, did, yeah. he did well for himself. But yeah. yeah, I do think they all have, you know, attachment issues and, and difficulty making friends and letting people care for them. I think that's a theme among at least the Dragon Age origin companions for sure. Just maybe when? Maybe? I don't know, man. I, I feel like she's pretty messed up too. I like... think being raised in the circle and the tower mm. really messes someone up and yeah, so even her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's head into the mid-break. Austin, I'm going to turn it over to you. 
What makes your ram so special? Well, he's always brought the family luck. And his advice helped us make our fortune. Your ram offered advice. How do you get your hair to do that, Dorian? With magic. With proper hygiene and grooming. Maybe all three of you should get acquainted. Kirkwall's not brown enough for me. But hey, no darkspawn. Ferelden wasn't that brown. The dirt and muck gave it character. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all the things that have to do with the podcast, but not the lore. Um, and so it's here where we thank our patrons. Thank you to our all of our patrons, but especially those patrons who joined us during our break. And that includes Andy, uh, Bellarina, Erwin W., Becky Donut. That's what I'm going with. And then Emil E. And so thank you so much for your support and welcome to the Patreon. Also, a special thank you to our first patrons, which was Genesis, Genesis, and Lisa M. To be fair, Genesis used to be a Holocron patron, and she was Genesis. Th. That's not what happened there. I didn't confuse it. I just had a problem. Uh, and Lisa M. is the other first patron. And then also a special thank you to our Nug King, Lewis H., if you would want to join us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash lorecast and join us there. If you can't support us financially, we totally get that. Another great way to support us is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. And we do have an Apple review to read today. So this comes from Apple. Uh, it comes from Angel AK Chubbs. Uh, it says, love the podcast, five stars. Hey, Dragon Age Lorecast, I love your podcast. It's great to hear the lore. You both speak out. I've been playing Dragon Age for a while, and I've never tried to learn the lore until I landed on your podcast. I always listen to it now when I'm working or anytime I get the chance to. Thanks so much for the review. And then lastly, come hang out with us on Discord, on the Cups Podcasting and more Discord server. You can talk about Dragon Age. You can talk about our other show, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can come talk about Star Wars with the Holocron Histories podcast. Talk about if you are playing Baldur's Gate because you are waiting for Dragon Age to come out. And this is the closest thing that you're going to get, which is Baldur's Gate 3. We have been talking about that game for forever, since day one of its release. So if you want to talk about that, come on to the Discord server. And if it is filling that Dragon Age-shaped hole in your heart, please come and share with us. And then lastly, we kind of have a not-so-fun topic to talk about here for a minute. Um, we talked at length about this as we guessed it on the Mass Effect Lorecast. So if you want to go over there and talk about, basically, we talked about the Bioware layoffs and a lot of theories, but we wanted to address it a little bit on this show. And so if you're not aware, a couple weeks ago, there was a big announcement from Bioware that they were firing a good chunk of people from their staff. And when the list came out, it seemed... Like it was very heavily on the writer's side. It isn't entirely all writers, but there is a good portion that are writers that have been laid off. Again, we talk about the details more in depth on the episode of the Mass Effect Lorecast. So definitely check that out. But Shelby, do you have any thoughts you want to add? I have things to say. Uh, Y'all know me. Y'all know that I am... I'm going to speak out on things that I think are wrong. And I think this is wrong. So there are layoffs. Some are unavoidable EA. um, They announced back in March that they were doing layoffs. So it's not just a Bioware thing. However, again, of course, this doesn't bode well for Bioware, but I just wanted to take a minute um, to thank the people that have been laid off. So I, I kind of compiled a list um, of the ones and this is not everyone this is just the ones I could find on like Twitter and stuff um, so Mary Kirby who is the writer of characters like Varric, Loghain, Vivian, Merrill, Sten and others hired in 2006. Ogren too. Yes Ogren thank you. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Christensen writer of many characters and has been with Bioware since Baldur's Gate 1 been there over 25 years referred to as writer alpha because he's just that prolific john rennish technical director he was hired in 2015 brian k lee tim griffith amy mallon andrew lung 
Renata Cronin, Andre Garcia, Stefan Lipsius, Andrew Stedman, Corey White, Chance Clark, Eric Wong, John Morris, hired way back in 2009, Shane Godry, Alexander G. Scott, been there for almost 14 years, Emily Taylor, Mo Namazi, Nicholas Tallman, and many more. Thank you so much to all of you who have put your heart and soul into making the games we love. We genuinely appreciate your hard work and hope you land on your feet. Um, And then I also wanted to say that on Twitter slash X and Blue Sky, you can find an account called Crew and Companions. Their at name is Crew Companions. Um, You can also find them via the hashtag HireThe50. They are an account made up of Dragon Age and Mass Effect fans, gamers like us, who are boosting links and profiles to those who have been laid off in hopes that they will be hired by another company. If you're listening to this show, go and give their account a follow and repost or two. Again, their handle is Crew and Companions, and you can find them via the hashtag HireThe50. That's it. My soapbox is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, if you want some more thoughts, Go check out the Mass Effect Lorecast. And, you know, if you're a big Bioware fan and those games, check out the Mass Effect Lorecast anyway, because it's a really great show and we like them over there. But I think we're ready to get back to Ocarina. Yeah, let's do it. Have a care where your eyes linger, Alistair. Yes, well, don't worry. It's not what you think. I see. I was looking at your nose. And what is it about my nose that captivates you so? I was just thinking that it looks exactly like your mother's. I hate you so much. I was one of the crows you hired to kill the Grey Wardens. I thought you looked familiar. Well, I just wanted to report that I failed my mission, Loghain. You don't say. I'm terribly broken up over it. Hmm. Well, thank you kindly for informing me. You fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes, swooping is bad. Okay, so let's talk about origins. Um, so basically what I covered before the mid-break is everything we know about Ogren leading up to when we meet him in Origins. So when the hero of Ferelden shows up and meets Ogren, we see him in the midst of an argument, of course, in the Diamond Quarter. And you can talk to him and ask him questions about this, um, but he doesn't really trust you and he doesn't think that any interest you have in him or in Bronca is real. So basically, whatever whatever you do, whatever dialogue you ch- choices you choose, if you keep talking to him, he eventually tells you to, quote, sod off, which I personally need to incorporate that into my own personal vocabulary a bit more. Um, great quote. But Ogren only becomes a member of your party when you go into the deep roads, like officially to find Bronca and get her support. He won't really talk to you about anything substantial until after this quest has been completed. Um, He's also very eager to reunite with Bronca. But when he learns the truth of what has happened, which is that they basically have been destroyed and it's just bad news, but bad news bears all around. He is shocked. Um, he's also shocked by Carrot, you know, just all the things that happen in that quest. He does disapprove if you side with Carradin, because obviously that means you have to kill his wife. Um, but after a new king ascends to the throne in Orzammar, he realizes that there's really nothing left for him in Orzammar and joins the warden permanently. And that's when you can kind of talk to him about Bronca, about life, about everything that he's struggling with, basically. Um, And then in Origins, there's also a side quest that you can do with him, um, which I have never done this because mostly because I don't get him until so late. Um, The Orzammar quests are the last ones I do, so I usually don't have time to, like, build up his approval. Um, I I don't think I'm the only one in that situation either. But his side quest is basically you can... He he gets to a point where he regrets how he handled his relationship with Felsi. And you can basically get them to link up again and make up. Um, 
you can also choose to not do that. Like you can do the quests and make them hate each other more. Um, that is an option for any of you who are out there playing monster playthroughs. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it personally, but to each their own, it is an RPG. Um, but that is most of his story in Origins. I would be remiss if I did not say that he has one of the best quotes in all of Origins up there in all of Dragon Age, in my opinion. But we'll get into that at the very end when we talk about quotes. So um, anybody have thoughts before we move on to Awakening? I think what you said about not having time to get his approval is so true because a lot of us do save the deep roads for last I just want to say there is one point where I went to Orzammar first in the thing. And it's when I played a Dwarven noble and I wanted to go back there to basically be like, look, bitches, I'm alive. <laughs> and did you do Ogren's side quest on that playthrough? I did not. <laughs> I've never done Ogren's side quest. I know it is bugged on some um, in some certain situations, too. So that's probably another factor. Is there a yeah, companion quest that's not bugged? Probably not. No, and I was going to add, too, I think in order to get Ogren's approval high enough, you have to give him a bunch of alcohol. The, whole, like, the only gifts you can really give him are alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, so I, and, and he's also someone who is really difficult to read as far as what he's going to approve of and what he's not. Um, I found myself multiple times in both Origins and Awakening getting disapproval from him when I said something that I thought he was going to approve of. Um, so I actually feel like his affinity is difficult to get unless you're just gifting him with alcohol 20 times in a row. Um, and I think a lot of, I've seen a lot of people feel that way also. Um, either they just can't stomach talking to him because some of the, um, interesting choices that were made as far as how he treats, especially um, like women, um, but also just that they don't want to feel like they have to enable his addiction mm -hmm. to be his friend. Um, and that's especially true in Origins. I think it, I, I feel like it gets better in Awakening. Some people disagree, but um, that was probably my biggest right with his affinity and, and I think that's probably why more people don't get it and then get to the point where you can reintroduce him to Belsey. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's also a, another issue I have with Ogren is that like he literally is an alcoholic. Like we'll talk about this later again, but he mm -hmm. he is an alcoholic. Like that is clinically like he could be diagnosed like yes. you know with with a substance use disorder, right? And it feels wrong to me now um, to go and like encourage that behavior. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, I don't like it. I do think it's a product of the time that it was written in. You yeah. know, so I, we there are lots of characters like Ogren back in the early 2000s, but it still kind of sucks <laughs> in retrospect. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Uh, if you do have the DLC option and you want to go with the thoughtful gift options, you could use that to raise approval without having to give him alcohol. But I also think those are bugged in that if you use too much of them, they don't trigger the proper side quests. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bugs with Origins. <laughs> That's why we need a remaster. Um, I will say that a million times, but anyway, so let's get into awakening. Um, so Ogren's story is not over at the end of origins. He does appear as a companion in awakening and he has, there is the potential in my opinion for a lot of growth in him. I think for me, I'm one of those people. I think that he has regressed in awakening, but I think the reason I say that is not necessarily because of like his story points. It's because of his like random dialogue. Like to me, he's even more of an alcoholic um, in awakening. He's even more offensive to women in awakening than he is in origins. Um, but I think the actual plot points of awakening way better for sure. Agreed on that point. So let's, let's get into them. Um, so in between Origins and Awakening, Ogren settles down with Felsi, 
regardless of what happens in the Ogren's Old Flame quest that we just talked about. They do end up having a child. And those who knew Ogren say that he was truly happy during this time. Unfortunately, he did soon return to drinking. And he basically, like, was dwelling on his own insecurities and his faults and even his failures. According to the World of Thetis Encyclopedia, he dropped the baby twice while he was intoxicated, at which point he realizes, like, I'm not fit to be a father. Like, I am the worst parent of all time. Like, goodbye. Um, And so he leaves. He left Felsi and the baby basically without telling them anything. Um, And so he travels to Amaranthine to then join the Grey Wardens. So this is obviously when you meet Ogren in Awakening. He's there to join the Wardens because of the hero of Ferelden's influence. And if you do allow him to undergo the joining, which you have a choice as the player character, he does survive and he becomes a fully fledged Warden. He also drinks the entire goblet during the joining. So it's just a really funny scene. Uh, Disgusting, but pretty funny. Um, and then during the DLC, Felsi pursues him and tries to find him and fairly, absolutely, rightfully accuses him of being a deadbeat dad and asks him, like, what are you going to do about our kid? Like, you have a responsibility and an obligation. And so Ogren will come to you and ask you what you should what he should do if his approval is high enough. Um, and so as the warden commander, you can either encourage him to take a more active role or or not i always am going to encourage him like hey yeah you should be a better dad kind of thing um because i think that that's what he wants i think he's just looking for someone to validate that in him and say like yeah you have the potential to be a good dad after all um and then with the architect Ogren actually supports siding with the architect he argues that it's worth the risk if the sentience allows the darkspawn to stop assaulting Orzammar, uh, which, you know, still a major problem. I'm not sure sentience would allow that, but I completely understand once again where Ogren's coming from on that one. Now, you may know if you're listening to this that you can kill Ogren as the warden in Dragon Age Origins. So they do actually address this in Awakening. Um you can basically ask him about it as the warden commander. And he claims that he woke up with nothing, no clothes on, and just compliments the warden commander for trying, for attempting to kill him. <laughs> Times better than Lyrium Ghost, Liliana. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Good, good job trying. I, I commend yeah. your efforts. Right. I mean, it is on brand. It is lore accurate for Ogren. Like, we can't say that he wouldn't do that. He would. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So the last plot point I want to talk about before we get into quotes and other things um, is in the end, just before the siege of Vigil's Keep, Ogren writes a letter to his child. And you can find it in the World of Thetis Encyclopedia. And I just wanted to read it because it's very touching. Um, It's titled, We Don't Live Very Long. And this is what it says. Hey there, Nugget. It's your da. You probably don't remember me. And that's good. You're better off with just your ma. She's a good one. You hang on to her. There's a big fight coming up. And I thought I should say this before I lose the chance to say it at all. I'm a Grey Warden now. And there's really no way around it. We don't live very long. If not tomorrow, it'll be soon. I just feel it. Nugget, I want to say that I'm sorry I left. I want the best for you, even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes or all the time. But it's true. You were the only good thing that came out of Ogren after all's said and done. Not being there was the best I had to give. Maybe if your ma's all right with it, you can ask her to tell you about the first time we met when I was a real warrior. I didn't do right by her. I'm trying to do right by you. 
And then it ends with a dwarven quotation. I'm not going to try to say it, but we don't know what the first sentence says. And the last sentence is a formal farewell. I think that his entire crux, like the crux of his character comes out in that letter. You know, uh, he, you can see, you can feel the insecurity and, and the feeling like he's not worth anything and he's better off not there uh, at all than being there and messing things up or, or making things worse. Um, I, I think that exemplifies like who Ogren is um, and why he it does the things he does. I think that's great. I agree. I, I just find this letter so heartbreaking because yeah. he literally says, you were the only good thing that came out of Ogren. And to me, I just... It's so heartbreaking to see someone who has that little self-worth. Um, I don't know many people who would who would truly believe that there's nothing redeemable about themselves. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, and that it's sad to me. It's very sad. I think it comes down to like and like Ogren as a whole, and I can talk more about this, but he's just like perfect example of like what we call like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like he's told his whole life basically that like oh we're gonna make fun of you you're not really good oh Bronk is so great oh all of this yeah you're a good warrior but everyone else around you is so great you're not worth anything oh you're a disgrace to your family you didn't go searching for the anvil you know Bronca hates you all of this thing and he becomes what they say he is he doesn't start that way, but he becomes what they are trying to say that he is. Yeah, and you can't undo that type of and that intensity of social conditioning in just a few months of traveling with people who actually care about you. Um, it makes sense that he regresses in awakening because he was away from the people who helped him start to heal. Um, and so he doesn't start to progress again until he's around those, those people. And, and now he's, and this is something that I have talked about at length in different places, but he actually fits in with the awakening, um, cast more than he fit in with the origins cast. They are a bunch of social misfits. Um, you know, you have, um, you have Nathaniel who is, a pariah. His family's hated by society. His um, dad was evil. You have Valana, who was a social outcast among the Dalish, and now her clan is dead and her sister's gone. Um, you have Sigrun, who is dead, basically. She's a dead woman. Anders is an apostate. Um, and then you've got Justice, who isn't even a person. <laughs> um, and they all they're all social misfits they're all outcasts and they all have this kind of sense of i don't belong anywhere i don't you know i don't have a a social support and so they understand augren in a way that i don't think the origins companions did because they all at least most of them had something they had someone somewhere to turn to and so they the the DAA companions, in my experience, they're just much more, I feel like they're much more open to Augren and much more compassionate with him. Um, one of my favorite interactions is with uh, him and Nathaniel, um, which I, I love Nathaniel, so <laughs> um, that's kind of uh, par for the course. But Nathaniel just gives him compliments. He's like, wow, you're such a great warrior. You're so skilled. Where did you learn to do that? And Ogren does not know what to do. He thinks Nathaniel is making fun of him because he's not used to people saying nice things to him and meaning it and it not being a joke or, or have, you know, something like some kind of backhanded compliment. And so um, I think and I hope that awakening is just the beginning of Ogren's growth and his story as opposed to the end point. Like, I think if he survives, if he makes it, then hopefully he, because now he's a great warden and he has these people for life. They're his family now. Hopefully they can support him through the, the 
relapses and, and different things that he needs that support from and he can actually grow as a person. So the beginning of Auburn's story as opposed to the end of it. I enjoy that. And I, I, um, you know, I had never really thought about that, about the companions before. I think that's a great point. And reflecting on origins a little bit, I think it makes a little bit more sense now to think about Ogren and Zevran's friendship because they are probably the closest. Um, Zevran is probably the closest friend that Ogren has other than the warden. And, you know, Zevran doesn't have anyone either. He mm-hmm. has nothing. He was ready to die um, when you meet him. And so I think that that makes a lot more sense now because I've always just kind of thought, oh, well, you know, they're just friends. They just put them together as friends to make the legless and Gimli jokes. Um, but, you know, no, I think there's an actual, actual legitimate reason for it. Well, and I think just as like a fandom in general, we do like to hate on Augren. Again, I'm kind of indifferent to him, but I also didn't know this. But, you know, we look at Liliana and we look at Alistair and, you know, they're the fragile people that must be protected. Like, and not to say that they haven't had their own sense of tragedy because they absolutely have. But is it because, you know, Alistair is somewhat well-adjusted to his circumstance that we judge him less harshly than we judge Ogren, you know? Alistair's whiny. Alistair is, you know, kind of looks at like, oh, the world has not been kind to me, so screw the world. It's just that Ogren is older and takes a more drastic approach to dealing with that than Alistair does. Yeah, Ogren's had to deal with it a lot longer. Like, Alistair's 20 He's not even done growing up yet. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I agree. I think um, in general, um, people, you know, we we just tend to have a more sympathetic view of characters like Alistair um, than we do of characters like Ogren. Um, But, and just to add to, I do think that Ogren, his writing is not necessarily, it's just, it's a, there's some problematic components to it. Um, he was written to be a joke um, that was intentional and it was a product of the time. And it's hard to kind of correct that after you start, after that's how it was started, no matter who wrote it after that, you know, they were left to kind of, you, you had to kind of commit to the bit, <laughs> had to go with it. This is who Auburn is. Um, and so you either get this chance to redeem him or make him worse. Um, and so unfortunately, he just becomes this, this running joke. He's, he's, his alcoholism is supposed to be hilarious rather than sad. Um, and so I do think that impacts how sympathetic people feel to him. Um, and, 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 you know, he also is misogynistic and gross. Um, and, and, and that's how some real people are. Some real people, like, it's not always this tidy, um, neat picture of a person and, and all of their flaws are due to the alcoholism. Uh, sometimes it, it's a little bit of both. And so, I, you know, I definitely never fault people for not liking him because he does, he is gross. <laughs> I just think that um, when you know everything that we've talked about today, you know, all of what happened to him and, and understand why he is the way he is, it's easier to be sympathetic towards him and hope for better and that he will grow uh, as his life kind of goes on. And I would just add, you know, I think we have a tendency in fandom and in just real life, perhaps to write people off when they do something we disagree with. And like, I'm not advocating for us to, to stay in relationships where people who abuse us, but like, People are messy and people do things that we disagree with and it's still worthy and worthwhile to have a relationship with them, even if we disagree with them, not when they're literally like abusing you, but Mm -hmm. people are messy. People do things. And and I think as a person, like, I think we should have compassion for people who are going through hard things, who have had hard things happen to them. And I think that Ogren is one of those people. I think sometimes it's hard for for us to see past like the labels that we put on them um 
But Ogren, Ogren is a person who's had hard things in his life. And I'm not necessarily saying that we should ignore all the shitty things he does. I don't think that we should ignore the misogynistic comments. I don't think that's okay. But I think that we can still have compassion for people and for characters who have had horrible things happen to them and also you know understand like okay this is misogynistic you can be better like we we can hold both things Mm -hmm. in our hands and i think a lot of times in fandom we 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 can't do that yeah 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 sometimes there's just not room for nuance um and it's unfortunate because i think about these other characters who are messy and who do problematic things that people have so much grace for and compassion for um you know like i love anders but he's he's messed up and he's done some messed up stuff um (laughs) including you know some cannibalism (laughs) (laughs) um you know but but he's very popular um same thing with like cullen controversial but people he, he does tend to have a more positive fan experience than, you know, Ogren. Um, so it's just, it's interesting. Um, and, and maybe it's just like the way that fandom has grown as a whole since origins to inquisition. Um, maybe we're a little more tolerant of people having some challenges and some maybe negative qualities. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting, um, and I do wish that we could explore these topics um, without it having to be, yes, I like this character. That does not mean that I endorse the way mm-hmm. he behaves. I just think he's interesting. Like, I also like Rendon Howe. I think he's a great character with a great voice. <laughs> I hate him. He's a good character. Right. So it's like... There's room for that in media and in fandoms for those medias. <laughs> and Auburn's right. a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we want to get real about, you know, a lot of characters take a lot of guilt for how they treat mages or their response to mages. I'm looking at Cullen. I'm looking at Cassandra, at Fenris, at Vivian. But one of the most beloved can- companions of all time, which is Morrigan, recommends that you just kill the entire circle because they're they're weak. They're not and she's a mage. <laughs> she right. is a mage. Like, huh. yeah. I, I always find it so interesting who fandom chooses are like the golden boys and girls mm-hmm. and who like, they can't be criticized, but when other characters that are like not the popular ones do the exact same thing, it's like, do you not see <laughs> that this is hypocritical? Right. With a few exceptions, Dragon Age companions fall into two categories, which I'm going to call the Anders and Fenris category, which the Anders category is like, oh, you seem all right. But then you start talking to them and you're like, what is going on here? Hold the phone. And then there's the Fenris category, which is like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh, I get it now. It's the trauma. It's trauma. <laughs> yeah, trauma. And I think Ogren falls into the Fenris category of like, he gets in there and you're like this and you're like, oh, you have some deep seated societal and family trauma that you need a licensed therapist to work through. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Absolutely. Um, Allison, did you have anything else you wanted to say about um, Ogren before we get into kind of like the quotes and, and wrapping it up. I think I went mo- like hard in my discussion just a minute ago about all the points that I probably would have brought up here. Um, just, uh, just to kind of reiterate, I guess, you know, I really, um, Ogren is just such an interesting kind of character. I, I do think I wish that he was handled a little bit differently, um, and that's kind of where, you know, fix-it fan fictions come in and you, you make things the way you wanted them to go. Um, but I definitely, um, I just, I think that he's worth dealing with the, the misogynistic lines that he says, some of the grosser things he says, just to 
see some of his growth. Um, and also he's got some real bangers of lines. He, he's got a, he's got a really big heart and a, he wants to be loyal and he wants someone to be loyal to. Um, and so I think it's, even if it's just once, it's worth it to just um, explore his character and uh, give him a chance to kind of, just so you can see, you know, what he was meant to be, um, as opposed to the first impression that we get, which is not fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes, very much agree. So speaking of that, on that note, uh, you know, we've pretty much gone through his whole story. He technically can survive the siege, but we don't know what happens to him if he does. Um, so moving on to some quotes. I think this is the quote that I alluded to earlier. I think this is perhaps one of the best quotes, definitely top five Dragon Age quotes, like of, of all time, in my opinion. And Ogren says it's at the very end, right before the battle with the Archdemon. Um, and they're like one by one final thoughts with you. He says, this is it, Warden. When from the blood of battle, the stone has fed, let the heroes prevail and the blighters lay dead. As one of the blighters, I sodding salute you. Let's show them our hearts and then show them theirs. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Like, just it's so badass. And, like, it really does mm -hmm. show, like, he has a warrior's heart. Like, mm -hmm. it just is who he is. And so, you know, him being exiled and, like, not being able to be a warrior anymore probably was, like devastating for him and i think two things about this quote before we move on i think the big thing for me at least is one i think this is up there with as much punch as i've seen the throne of the gods and it was empty yes um, yes like it's a big thing but it also shows that ogren at this point of it's not just about you know this nihilistic nothing is point for him anymore the point of like, let's show them our hearts. Let's show them that we're not going to go down fighting, that we're not just going to lay over and let the dark spawn take us. And then let's show them that we're going to win. It shows that Ogren at this point has decided that not only is the world worth fighting for, but he is worth fighting for, which is a mm -hmm. big moment for him. Great point. Yeah, yeah this is actually, uh, there was a trend going around TikTok a couple of years ago where it was like name your favorite video game quote and this was the one it's the let us show them our hearts and then we'll show them theirs it's one of my favorite quotes of all time it's a <laughs> good a one from a character that's a lot of the time forgettable for most people so mm -hmm. it's it's really cool yeah for sure um, so then I just have two more quotes. Um, I think this one's funny. I always include a funny one. He says, that pot-bellied son of a whore Tegan said that I can't drink a whole barrel of pickle juice without passing out first. I aim to prove him wrong. <laughs> and then, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, he says, you can take a warrior out of the fight, but you can never take the fight out of the warrior, which I just feel like perfectly captures his personality. So I, I decided to kind of do this um, characteristics, like personality thing. I know we normally don't, but I just feel like for a character that so many people dislike, it's important to bring up some of his characteristics. So like, obviously he's an alcoholic. We've already diagnosed him. Yes. Um, he is intensely self-loathing. He has major feelings of regret and shame, but he's also very funny. Like he has a lot of heart um, and he also uses humor to perhaps cover up the pain that he's feeling. Um, I sometimes feel like in this research, I've just been looking at a like case study from the DSM five or something um, just because he like has so many issues, but yeah, so Ogren is not, I guess I just want to say that I, I feel like I have changed my mind a little bit about him. Like, I don't hate him anymore. Um, 
And that kind of leads me into my last and final thing, which is, you know, why do we love or hate this character? I would say for me personally, before I did this research, I would always be like, oh, Ogren, I hate him. Like, he's the worst character in this game, which may still perhaps be true, um, but I don't necessarily hate him anymore. Um, I just I just feel bad for him. Like, he's had a terrible hand dealt and... uh you know, he hasn't made the best of it. That's for sure. But it's, you know, it's he's had a hard life. So I just feel for him. But what about y'all? Why do you love or hate him? I think my indifference to Ogren solely comes from the fact that most of the time he is the last party member recruited. And I just do not have the bandwidth in the playthrough to go and do all the conversations about it but because like once i get to the deep roads and like when you're done with the deep roads it feels like you have the whole scene that's reminiscent of uh lord of the rings where they see the nazgul on there and you see the archdemon it feels very like oh crap we need to go and handle this so i think that's where i just don't know because i didn't have the time or bandwidth at the end of the playthrough to kind of do that. And I, I think we have one of each. I love Ogren. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I, you know, I am a psychologist by trade. Um, some of my favorite people, some of my favorite human beings in real life are messy and broken um, and have a lot of negative qualities. Um, I love misfits and uh, people who aren't well-liked. Um, and so I love when I can dig into a character's backstory and um, kind of see it from that angle. Um, Ogren is a classic example of how a lot of people who experience trauma throughout their lives end up resorting to alcoholism uh, to, to self-medicate because they don't have social support. Um, and so I just think he's really fun um, and really interesting to explore. I don't think he's a good person. Um, I think, and I don't think that any of his issues are excuses for his own failures and his own choices, um, especially some of the more problematic ones. But I do love the story that was put into him and kind of what he exemplifies. Um, so. I just I love him because he's interesting to me, really, is what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah. Um, in my head canon, the reason that Ogren isn't present in the rest of the games is because he went back to be a dad. And yeah. that's where he is. That's my head yeah. canon. Of like, and Bioware, if you're listening, don't mess with that. <laughs> and bring him as he's like that. Just let me have his happy ending. It's the same thing. Like, let Colin go off and Go back to Hanleaf and sit by the lake and be happy. Yes. That's all I want. Like, Ogren's backstory uh, for me is um, he's, he's a part-time warden uh, after mm. everything's over. He, he comes in, he helps, you know, every so often, and then he goes on leave and goes and spends time with his family. And then he comes back and he updates all the wardens on the things that his kids are doing. Um, and they all kind of rib him a little, like, ah, oh, look at you being a good dad. And um, that's my head canon. <laughs> I enjoy that. I need that in a fan fiction now. And I never thought I would read a fan fiction about Ogren. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, Ogren and the Warden Reserves. Yes, I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, you know, this is pretty much the end of the episode. Um, I feel like we've we've made a good case for why Ogren is not the absolute worst. So if you're listening, you know, and you still hate him, feel free to hop in the Discord and argue with us. That's totally fine. We we're still we're still here for that. Um, but before we finish up and wrap up for the evening, Allison, I wanted to give you just kind of the the chance to plug anything you have going, whether it's a stream or um, you know, anything that you're doing. I don't currently have much going on. I, if you're interested in the things I have to say, I do a lot of meta posting on Tumblr and 
Twitter, I, I have a hard time calling it X, but, um, and I, by the same name, Allison Drostay, right now I'm playing Baldur's Gate, so that's what all of my content is about, um, but if anyone's interested, they can find me there. I like to talk to people, so... <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, and thanks for coming on the show. Um, I definitely love to, to have you on um, and maybe we'll have you on again in the future. Anytime. All right. Well, before we go, a special thank you to you, Allison, for being here and talking with us. Another special thank you to our Nug King, Lewis H., who gets thanked at the end of every episode. And thank you to all of you who listen to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's easily the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. You can find us there on patreon.com slash dragonagelorecast. The Dragon Age Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue, and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.